welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. Welcome to Pottercast 145, the first show ever with the Pottercast Quartet. What? what? Oh my dun, dun, dun. goodness, there's four of us now. What will you do? I think we can go like square dancing now because we have partners and mm-hmm. all four houses and everything. Are you going double square dance? dance to the prom? Do-si-do. Do. Like you know John how to do said. That. Oh, yes. that's right. Prom. Oh. Yule ball. There we go. All right. Well, welcome to podcast number 145. What do we have for you this week? We return with Are You Smarter Than John Noe? Oh, I hope it worked. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit of a train wreck because we decided the morning of, hey, let's play the game again. And we forgot to collect the numbers and make... Prepare the recording. Prepare the record. <laughs> Just a mess. So we have Are You Smarter Than John Noah? We've got a bit by bit. And you guys are going to do a canon conundrum, so I'm not going to be in that one. And is that about it for this week? Yeah. In the new news. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. No Phoenix Files because we were running long again. Yeah, no Phoenix Files. Sorry, Phoenix. Alrighty, well, we're... We're right into it, so why don't we hear from Sue and what's going on in the Potter world this week? Well, okay, it's unconfirmed, but I believe that, that we have a credible report that the long-discussed, hoped-for teaser trailer for Harry Potter and Half-Blood Prince will come in May. We believe May 16th. May? But May, May HPP? May. And we're still... Trailer number one? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Is Creature going to be in it? I hope Creature's in it. Uh, I think that he is, yeah, but I don't know if he'll be in the trailer. The trailer. They're probably still working yeah. on him. I know, I'm confusing. <laughs> was, that was what we were whining about last movie. I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, th- there was a much discussion, much brouhaha, why they might put it in front of Prince Caspian, which is the second Chronicles of Narnia, as opposed well, to Well, why wouldn't they? I mean, I mean Narnia yeah. is a classic tie-in to Harry Potter. People much, yeah. much quick, more yeah, quickly think along the same Absolutely. genre. Yeah. Why would they want it in I front mean, of Speed Racer? Well, it's a Warner Brothers production, yeah. and they're saying, "Well, it's because it's another." Well, Warner let's Brothers think of let's think of before um, well, they put under what, they put the other one over um, March of the Penguins. Oh no! Remember, remember if we had one in front of the freaking live action Scooby Doo movie that was total crap. Yes, that was oh, like Scooby-Doo. you like that movie? They're fun. No, the actual movie. Velma's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I like the smart girls. She that's wore that, one of the only movies that, I ever, like, I've ever walked suit. out that's of. Why I went to it, it so I could see the trailer. <gasps> what? No, I'm sorry. Wow. Rex mm-hmm. pissed. Oh, but... Well, I think it makes sense, though. It's a good audience. I mean, it's the same kind of age range and the kind of people they're going to go. So I just think it's smart. But I, I mean, it's unconfirmed. So how, how, now, but how, how, bring how, uh, it on. How confident that... do you think we are in this, in this little scoopy thing? I think we have a good, credible source. Great. Awesome. That's what I think. Well, well I will arm. hold you personally responsible. Okay, it'll be my May fault. 16th. How about that? <laughs> oh, oh, it's no. all too small. It's, it's those Hufflepuffs. Oh no! Can't get anything right. Melly, you're gonna love this next part. We saw yet another teaser set teaser report that you can't talk about, but this one came from. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I know. I'm sorry. It's cruel, but they're talking about um, Slughorn's Christmas party. That was happening when they were on the set. And, um, the Christmas party. Yeah, I'm excited about this. 
But this was... I'm looking forward to that. Me too. too. I mean... Oh, I remember Emma Watson. Didn't she write... They were had like pedaroles or peta... Some sort of pedaphrols. They were filming... Profi- what? Profiterol. Oh, oh God. I said it wrong. <laughs> way bad. Not even what? close. Sorry. People are like... Kind of food? Food? Like, How are you profiterol. talking about? It's an Italian... Dessert. <laughs> oh, it sounded like a very different word. I thought you were going to say something else, too. I was like, Never what? Mind. They're becoming what? You know what I'm thinking? Yeah, I was like, uh. You know what I was thinking? Oh, I was thinking you like pedophores. That's what I could think of in my mind because you're Southern. Oh, God. That's all I could think of. I just caught that. Oh, God. Oh, never mind. I give up. Well, anyhow, this article that, um, the translation of this article said the two that they described the, the, it's a complex story. And it isn't a simple romance because Harry is such a close friend of Ron's and Ginny is his sister. And Harry feels as if he's walking on eggshells. I don't know. I I don't know. I think I think we're going to see a different genesis of the Harry Ginny romance as in a more slow kind of sweet thing than what happened in book six, which was bam, they kiss, you know? Yeah. Is just gonna click in his head at some point? No, I think he's. I think he's gonna be attracted to her from beginning of the movie, and then they're finally gonna kiss at some point. But I think it's gonna be a more um, tender kind of choke kiss than what we read in the book. That's my guess. Hmm. Cool. I don't know. You think they're gonna like uh, make up Bonnie all you know totally different? Like give her. I just picture her, like, all done up, like she's going to a party with, like, makeup and her hair all, you know, just obnoxiously. What's, what's the word for it? Tarted up. Tarted up. Tarted up. I hope they make her hair longer for this movie. I liked it curly. Curly, John? Her hair looked, and when it was kind of curled in the chamber. That's because it was wet? <laughs> Why was it wet? Was she swimming? John! There was water down there in the, in the, in the chamber, ink, John. Mm. Oh. The oh, yeah, that's right. I, okay, I, Remember the, the basilisk came yeah, zooming was, out of the water. She was lying down in a puddle with a snake drooling on top of her, so yeah. she got a little well, she looked, and then you know, Her hair looked better then. All right, John. I know you want wet tussle, Jenny, but you're going to have to hold it in there. What? What? <laughs> oh, don't go there, you guys, with your dirty minds. Seriously. It's, no, listen, no. Nelly, I yeah. think you are crazy from this weather. That's it. You're just crazy over there. Oh, my. Okay. I don't even know what to say. After if that. anyone out there, no, Move, moving on, <laughs> please. What else is up, uh, Suze? Okay, Joe presented some literacy awards to inmates of a prison in Edinburgh, Scotland, on behalf of a, uh, a a charity called the Shannon Trust, which helped promote um, reading among for the inmates and helped them encourage to learn to read. I mean, some of them have are have very poor education and stuff. So Joe presented these awards, which I can imagine were went over pretty well. You know, here comes this big... Was she there personally? Yeah, she went there and presented them, and she said it was a positive experience going there, and she said, learning to read represents a significant turning point in anyone's life, and it may be the one thing that helps make a difference to help people in prison turn their lives around, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. I think that's really cool of her to... I wonder what uh, attracted her to that cause. It's interesting. Probably her love of literature. Maybe somebody wrote a letter. Frankie... Thanks. Uh, what'd you say? There's a lot of people in the world who love literature. I would... You know what? I was just trying to be nice. No. Thankful. Yeah. Okay, Sue. So. Um, there was a new article on CNN, and I thought it was nice that um, Harry Potter is now being taught in more and more universities here in the United States, and there was a nice one about uh, a grad student that's teaching at the Yale... I think it's Divinity College 
was teaching about it. So it was really nice to see um, the books being taught in a more academic setting and getting some credence for it. And so I thought it was pretty cool. I don't Nice. It is very yeah. cool. And they're also playing more Quidditch in college. Yes, they right? certainly are, John. That was really cool. Did you see that? It was on the CBS Morning Show and stuff. They had they took the that Middlebury College, went did a Quidditch spring break tour. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Could you just imagine like maybe thirty years down the line if Quidditch keeps growing in popularity at colleges, if they actually build like stadiums like they do for football <laughs> and awesome. the other sports, <laughs> big varsity sports or whatever. It's not varsity in college, yeah. though. Okay, but you know what I mean. It's, they have like a whole national league for it, NCAA Quidditch. That would be awesome. That would be sweet. Well, and you could buy season tickets. Guys. It could happen. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> I think we'll see I'm anti-gravity in our lifetimes. <laughs> on, a, on a field? Yeah, a whole dome that they can eliminate gravity. <laughs> and for, how would you uh, sit down and watch the sport? You, you float and watch the sport. <laughs> or maybe the audience section is right. has an, uh, Only the field is anti-gravity. Yeah, it's a dome. They have All it already, but it's is... when you're training to go up into space, and I don't think they're going to spend it on... <laughs> what they do is they just build... A giant stadium, hook some rockets into it, oh, they shoot, shoot it, it into outer space, yeah. and then just telebroadcast but it's not all of the Quidditch matches. Floating around like you'd float on the moon has nothing to do with actually propelling a broom to fly. Jumping. Well, yes, it could, because you could propel the broom for its forward momentum and not have to worry about its constant level in the air because there's no gravity to bring it down. Just and the saying, could be it's a hummingbird. not like it's impossible, but I just doubt that it would become... A national sporting event. If there's enough interest, you know. They can just get a hummingbird and spray paint it gold. Think, think about it. Our, our, little, our little Harry Potter generation Wait here will grow Back. up in those 20, 30 years, and they'll be in charge of everything, and then they can decide what they want to do with the country's budget. Frack? Yes? Did you just suggest that they paint hummingbirds gold? He did. <laughs> with with non-abrasive chemicals. <laughs> You would get arrested in the Wizarding World, dude. Yes, you would. No. They, that, they, the snitch used to be a bird. But they no, got no, away no, with no, it. They stopped it because that. it was inhumane. I mean. Well, I don't know how to design a snitch. Well, I mean, I if think, they can have a spell that's going to turn a rat yellow, they can have a spell that's going to turn a hummingbird <laughs> gold. <laughs> we're not gonna, but we're not having spells. All right. Oh, all that's right. right. <laughs> we're gonna be, you know, if they have... <laughs> If they can do a spell, I don't think the. <laughs> I forgot about this need. The whole magic. You're like, yeah, you muggles have magic. Let's thing. turn some hummingbirds gold. That's the first thing we want to do. Screw cancer. Let's let's. Let's devote all of our attention and resources. Jeez. Okay. So can we move on? Um, yeah, this is kind of actually a serious thing. Um, there, a couple weeks ago, we talked to Joe, um, gave an interview to a student in, um, Edinburgh and appeared in a student magazine and more and more keeps trickling now. And, um, the guy released audio apparently to national media about saying that Joe, um, was speaking about her battles with depression and that, um, the, a lot of media got it wrong. And Joe was saying that at some point she had suicidal thoughts. And of course, you know, the media's like, oh, Joe is, you know. But um, she well, was. But here's here's the thing. Here's the really danger, dangerous and insidious thing yes. about the media. It's not that they got it technically wrong. Technically, all their facts were right. Mm-hmm. But every blaring headline, every everything you heard, every soundbite that you took away was author had suicidal thought. Author has suicidal thoughts. J.K. Rowling suicidal. Right. And it, that is just such an insult. 
Uh, talked that's out. Terrible. Honestly, just out of context. That's frustrating. Wow. Talked. I mean, honestly, my mother called me up. She goes, "Melissa, breaking news about J.K. Rowling on a channel on News at Eleven." I said, "Ma, it's going to be that she that she once had suicidal thoughts." No, really, they just said break. I'm like, "Ma, I'm, I swear." And so she stayed on the phone with me, and sure enough, it was it was that. But it was it's so gross because present it right. Tell the story if you want to, if it's an interesting story, but present it right. Ugh. You know? I hate the yeah. media. It was so just shameless, I mean, to focus on. It. I mean, Joe has, has talked before about the struggles she went through with her depression. And, you know, she's she's very much, I view her as a role model. And, you know, and she's gone through this. And it was a very difficult time in her life. And she talked about getting seeking therapy. But just for them to exploit it so much, I mean, instead of looking at the positive. It's so it was. It was just. Yeah, and they, it's like they were excited to do it. Like, yes. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. Um, that's yeah. just, Whatever sells their I stories. Guess. Terrible. Yeah, you know. So stupid journalists. Yeah, yeah we suck. With all the Rita Skeeters out yeah, there. Yeah, like, and you know, put the acid quills away. Um, do we have anything else to talk about soon no. before? No. All right, well, um, as some of you, maybe all of you, read on Leaky uh this week, we have formally severed our association with the Harry Potter lexicon, which is a, which is embroiled in a lawsuit right now. Well, not the Lexicon itself, but their publisher uh, about its proposed unofficial encyclopedia. Excuse me, sniffing. I'm getting a cold. Um, we've never really talked about the lawsuit here, and I hope that um, everybody here understands our reasons for doing so. We waited a very long time to make this decision because we wanted to be sure that we were truly no longer a, a partner in spirit with the Lexicon as opposed to we're just going to ditch you now because you're involved in a lawsuit, you know, mm-hmm. um, we didn't want that to be what it was about. But what happened after months and months of, you know, the staff always talking about it on the side, like what's going to happen? Are we going to stay associated? It was a big question from the beginning. What happened is that we learned that Steve has some views that are, that are just not, not the same views as our own regarding Harry Potter and regarding fandom. And it's different if he had a view on, you know, the war in Iraq or whatever that has nothing to do with how we run our site. But since we differ so greatly on the fundamental thing at core about, you know, our views on fandom, our views on Harry Potter, our views on what this lawsuit means for the fans, we decided that our views have to be our own. And since his views that he's speaking about publicly no longer reflect our own, it was time to make that clear. So yeah, that's why it was hard. Uh, yeah. And but it, it needs to a full be, staff decision. be done. You know? I'm sorry, go ahead, Sue. No, I was just saying it was hard, and, but it was something that, I mean, our staff made, and it, was, it wasn't something rushing too lightly, or it wasn't something that we were, like, very flip about or anything. So I want to make sure that was very clear, you know. No. The senior staff had been no. discussing it for months, and um, we all thought that if things continued along that path, that that's where this would end up. And we wanted to not do it until the lawsuit was over because we appreciate there's a certain sort of public opinion swaying thing that happens uh, whenever a, a, a large entity takes an action. But if those views that Steve has, which is that this lawsuit represents the right for fans to create and that if J.K. Rowling were to win, it would endanger making websites, doing Wizard Rock, making wands, you know, all this stuff. That's what that's what he said and and we directly oppose that. We think that a win for this for RDR books in this lawsuit means that copyright owners and maybe not JK Rowling, but certainly copyright owners who don't have as much financial leeway as JK Rowling will have to 
stop being so lenient about fans online for fear that somebody will do this and will try and take their work and 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 appropriate it um unjustly and that is much different than saying you can't write about a subject that's copyrighted of course you can write about a subject that's copyrighted we just don't share the view that a win for the lexicon is a win for fans we think that that the opposite is true and so complete and total utter crap yeah so <laughs> tell me how you really feel john <laughs> oh, you don't want to get me started yeah it's unfortunate. We're all sad. We're mm. all... <laughs> I can't even tell you <laughs> what what happened when it was finally time to make the post, but um, this was not something brought about lightly, yeah. and it doesn't mean anything in terms of the people involved. We wish Steve health and happiness in the future. We wish the rest of the Lexicon staff health and happiness in the future. We wish them long, productive, fruitful lives, but as far as our association with our website and their website is concerned... It really, it just can't happen anymore. Okay. Nope. And we've never really talked about the suit here. I know mm-hmm. we're hedging on it now, and I don't want yeah. to make this like a monologue over here because I know I'm like giving like the party line here. But I just I want to hear from you guys. Um, outside of any decision Leaky as an entity has made, what are your personal mm-hmm. feelings on on this suit? Uh. Uh, for me, and I've openly said this, um, Steve Vanderark was the first person that. I mean, I really contacted him when I was in the fandom, and he had remained and my mentor, someone I admired. Um, I I terribly did, and you know, and he was my friend, and he's my friend, and um, I'm heartbroken. That's all I have to say. Well, we, I mean, I asked you guys to, I straw pulled you guys several times over over oh yeah over the months, and I heard back from you guys individually, and it was never. A pressured situation. Yeah. It was never anything. The senior staff was unanimous that this is what had. No, not at all. I mean, if, it, it's if anything, it was a long time coming. There's been a lot of silence from a lot of people um, in Leaky and elsewhere in the fandom that have kept their mouth shut out of respect to friends and colleagues, even though it's very easy and it was very immediate to form an opinion about it and the last straw i suppose and in, in in that is to to come out with the quotes and in, in the interviews saying that that a win on that side is is a win from the fans and that's you know it, it's funny because those were some of the earliest posts about this whole thing from people um except the exact opposite that this would be a terrible thing for harry potter fans and any and any other fan if this suit would set precedents to create rules or to alter perceptions of fair use in a way that would severely limit fan activity you know to look at it as as a matter of what's at risk versus what's to gain it's it's very very much only people gaining here with with that victory it would be a very small self-interested party very true. And, you know, what's a bit of money compared to the interest of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, perhaps, of fans out there who would stand to have a hell of a lot more to lose? I just want to say to Melissa, is it not true? Warner Brothers is not saying, oh, you guys are going to have to shut down. Is that right? I mean, I think that's no, they're being huge... Well, well, what they're being very vocal about is, I don't know, I haven't talked to them about it in a long time, to be honest, but in, you know... Um, Nobody from Warner Brothers, that is. Um, they're saying that 
we really want to win this case so that we don't even have to look at the idea behind restricting copyright, you know, further online for when it's for free and for fans. If the, if they if they were to lose the case, that doesn't mean that you're going to wake up and the Harry Potter fandom will be gone. I mean, come on, this is Joe yeah. we're talking about. She's yeah. not going to do that to you. Okay. Yeah. But I can definitely see requests coming down the line for stricter adherence to copyright code for less leeway. I mean, look, we have screen grabs from the movie in our galleries. Yeah. That is helpful to people when they are making those funny little icons that you see all over on live journal. That's part of the reason we do it because people like to make like an icon of Dumbledore pointing or, you know, or dancing or, da- or <laughs> yeah. dancing. I've seen that one yeah. Yeah, many times. Um, those are my favorite, but you know, it's, it's, that's helpful to a fan, but those would be the first thing to go if we had to start looking more seriously. Now, Leaky, Leaky itself is mostly, I would argue, is mostly in the news presentation and, cat- and, 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 and commentary category. Most of Leaky would probably be fine, mm-hmm. but we would well, have to it's, make it. It's okay. like, you know, you know, compare it to um, <clears throat> any magazine or publication that does a special Harry Potter issue around the time a book or movie comes out. You know, they're featuring a lot of the Harry Potter stuff in there, but in a way that's, you know, commentary and then presenting it in kind of like a, a news entertainment format. They're generating their own content about it, it. Exactly. Yeah. It's very different. It's a commentary thing. And and it's, um, you know, no, the, the Harry, Potter, Harry Potter fandom wouldn't disappear. It might change if they were to lose the suit. But more, more specifically, um, in order to change first, I would have to imagine is is our uh, artwork on the, our podcast in, in the fan fiction community. Uh, possibly. I don't know. I don't know how. That's a whole different ball of wax. Legally, I don't even want to touch it. To be honest, I mean, it, it's it's pretty much a matter of how fair use is interpreted. And, is, and what can be done with... Which is not our interpretation to make, to be honest. We're just saying what we kind of... Well, no. Just no. maybe basically think here. Definitely. But just looking at things that would be similar and that, that have make similar judgment calls regarding fair use is taking, you know, copyrighted characters and making them into your own stories. That, that seems to me, in my head anyway, a similar... Um, or taking a movie and mashing it up and putting it to copyrighted music and yeah, putting it on YouTube. Yeah, fan videos and that kind of stuff. You know, all of a sudden a fan video might be considered okay to to, to sell and copyright owners are not going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. And it's not for so much like companies like Warner Brothers or J.K. Rowling. It's about, I don't know, it's smaller copyright owners. Most writers, 99.9999999% of writers are not anywhere near as well off as J.K. Rowling. Yeah. And something like this happening to them would mean a significant chunk of their, of what could be future, you know, profits for them from their work. And so they would have to cramp down on their fandom in the early years before they really grow. And who knows what effects it would have when, by not allowing their fandoms to grow, you know? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's upsetting. A lot of far reaching conclusions. Mm -hmm. But we don't... I, I, I separate the whole thing in my mind from personal opinions on people involved. I mean, I, you know, it's, it was a lot of fun doing, you know, canon conundrums and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I, I put those 
those personal feelings aside, looking at looking at this and just treating it as you know any other person doing these things. Yeah. And and that's, well, it's I think it's a good point because it, to me it doesn't seem it's more the situation because it's just you, it boils down to a black and white situation for me. It's it's someone created content. They it's theirs. It's it's widely known that this is theirs, and it's one thing to be like, can I do this? And like, I'd rather you not. You should just, from a creator's point of view, like from someone who claims to be a very avid fan of this, of the work, to not respect the person who came up with it enough to be like, okay, I respect the fact that you don't want me to do this, but to just be like, well, I, I just, I don't know. It just yeah. seems like a lack of respect to me. Well, and that's that- a whole other, other thing, too. I mean, I mean, the the world of business isn't always nice and right. isn't always respectful of of right. individual people. But you know, looking at that at that issue separately, these you know, we're all here out of a love for Harry Potter and and out of a love and appreciation for J.K. Rowling for creating it. So I mean, just you know, if if your priorities are different from from this, then don't try and paint over it with any other. Look, you know. the, the the whole the whole it's disrespectful thing is an emotional fan response. I'm the first to yeah, admit. That's true. Um, that's that's not true. a legal response. Nobody's going to say, "Oh, you're disrespectful." It's just that a lot of fans feel that it has not been respectful of Joe, mm-hmm. um, and there is a line. None of us here are saying that. You cannot ever talk about Harry Potter ever. There are so many books about Harry Potter on the market. Connie mm-hmm. Neal is updating her The Gospel According to Harry Potter. I've read it. It's awesome. I think that's one of the most valuable companion books about Harry Potter out there. And there's many others. Edmund Kern writes mm-hmm. great ones. Mm-hmm. And there has not been anywhere near 200, 800, 600, however many books there are about Harry Potter litigation on, on all of them. Clearly, Joe is allowing this to go on. Where yeah. this is just, she has just said, okay, you know, I've been permissive. I, I, I love that you have it, that you're doing it for free. This is, this is it. This is where I put my foot down. And unfortunately, now it's up to the courts. I, I feel like I should apologize for not being more, I'm, I am unable to be as, as dispassionate. This is a very emotional situation. So I apologize for those who have been waiting for me to come wait. Why, why aren't I, you know, more supportive of Joe or why am I not critical of Steve or why am I not supporting Steve or something? I just, I can't. And I'm sorry. I'm just, Sue. you know, I just, I feel like I have to say that to people because I, there's a lot of people that are going to ask me that. So. I hope nobody is mistaking me for dispassionate right now. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I just I can't. I can never passions. speak like this. No, no. You can speak. You guys can <laughs> enunciate things that I cannot. I just. Uh, no. So I, I, I'm sorry. I just can't maybe contribute to what people were hoping or y'all were hoping. I just, I can't. It's. I'm just. So it's taking. You need to it, apologize, Sue, because no. it's. I think a lot of us are in the same position as you. It's just. It's torn, rock and a hard place. It's like. Yeah, it's exactly like, what it is. It's it's just it sucks that the situation had to come yes, to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's taken us four and a half months to get to the point where we can just talk about it here. Yeah, yes, we've been saying you know we don't want to talk about it because of the case, but every week I have to tell you it's been a real relief that we've had that stance because it has been so emotional and so in your face all the time. Mm-hmm. This to when you're in the when you're like real like in the fandom and you're dealing with it all. It, it's it's been very emotional, and to the people who think. Let me just get this out there. People think that our decision had anything to do with trying to shore up support with J.K. Rowling Ugh. and Warner Brothers yeah. have been absent 
for the many times we've spoken against Warner Brothers on this podcast and on the website when we disagreed with them. And they have been absent for the time when she came on podcast just weeks after the whole lawsuit began and when we were still very associated with the lexicon. So, uh, you know, th- the idea that they have even hinted is, is, is ridiculous. And, and I will say that nobody publicly knows just how respectful they have been of our right to withhold a decision. And that is all I'm going to say on that matter. But the, that accusation is left field and it's also very insulting. So I would appreciate it if you would think twice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well said. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's definitely a very complicated issue. There's lots of components, you know, as far as the technical and, and legal, everything involved in it. There's lots of conversation about all of that still happening in the Leaky Lounge and in the related news posts on Leaky. It, it does still feel like two separate things in my head to, to debate the, the issues involved behind it and uh, to just have an emotional response as a fan. I think that's what makes it hard to, to talk about in any way public because you kind of have the responsibility to stick to an analysis or that kind of conversation and not to... Well, we can't ask everybody on the site to be respectful if we just came on here and started trashing people. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, the moderators at Leaky Lounge have been dealing with this conversation for four and a half months and they are spectacular. They have not Mm -hmm. allowed a personal comment to go unedited. They have not allowed any personal insults. There are things, you know, we've been skating the line sometimes because this is very emotional and we don't want to deny fans that right to to act a little emotional where this is concerned because it cuts so deeply to home. So we've been kind of cautious, but, you know, they have been dealing with it so well. And I just have to applaud them. And I just hope that if going forward discussing this, you'll take the tone that we're laboring to take here, which is that we have certain views. Of course, we have certain views. No person on earth doesn't get presented with a set of facts and not make views. But we have not been presenting those views in news posts. We have not been presenting those views as you either agree with Leaky or, or leave. The only people who get moderated are the ones who make it personal. And um, we hope to continue the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there, and the, the trial still is ongoing, right? Melissa, she is, uh, there is news that Joe is coming right to New York. She is going to have to testify. Is that <laughs> April 14th? There's some wacky news report out there that says that the defense called her as a witness, which I got to tell you, I'm finding very suspect. The defense, she would have had to agree. <laughs> yeah. That RDR called her up and said, will you be a witness for us? And she said, yes. I mean, come on. I mean, that really just is like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe they'll get to, 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 to talk to her on the stand, you know, but certainly she's a witness for the plaintiffs. Yeah, I think so. I would imagine. I think it would work out best that way. I mean, that's just, yeah. I read that and I was like, hello, what, what, you know? Yeah, I don't buy it. I'm sorry. I just don't. Um, I've seen enough episodes of Law and Order to know that's yeah, a little Yeah, Law shady. and Order. Yeah. <laughs> and, and before you all start asking, no, we can't get you tickets to the trial. Yeah, there's no, there's no, no press pen. You, there's no red carpet. You would be surprised how many people have asked me. So you're going to the trial, right? I'm like, I don't know. What? No, but but they're going to get you in. Who's they? And and how are they? This is a courtroom. <laughs> the PR people at the courthouse. The judges PR. And I request that if you are going to come to the trial, that you're respectful, and that and that if you really if you I mean, oh, it's a public situation, but let's please not make this a media disaster frenzy. It's going to be bad enough. Yeah. I think it's up to the judge's discretion if it's open. 
You know what I mean? So it's public until something until something happens that the judge says it now must be not public. So like for instance, the OJ trial, I believe, was public, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's gonna be news crews. I mean, they're not gonna film it and play it all the time the way they did with OJ. That that murder. That was the media circus of all time, I think. I mean, that was just a complete Yeah. But there'll definitely be reporters there and oh, there'll yeah. definitely be stories. Yeah. So if you don't have a real urgent reason, like if you're just going to see JK Rowling on a witness stand, guys, you know, it has to be hard for her to have to come out here to go on the witness stand being ogled just because <laughs> she's, she's not going to sign No, she's not going to stop and sign your books. I just don't think that's going to happen either. Yeah. yeah. I swear to tell the truth and whole truth and nothing but the truth. And yes, sure, I'll sign your book. Like, <laughs> little bailiff signs up there. You sign my book. The bailiff comes up. <laughs> Yeah, he slips, no. slips Deathly Hollows under his under her hand instead of the Bible. Oh God! <laughs> what if it's like force force of habit though? When someone presents her with a book, she, she grabs the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> she takes the Bible and starts to sign it instead. instead of... Oh God! Oh. Oh. Eat it up, Laura Mallet. Oh God! <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! She would have blow a gasket. Oh. She would blow a gasket. We'd see it from uh. here. Laura Mallory. Who do you think you are? <laughs> what? John. All right. Well, we've talked about this for a long <laughs> time. We're obviously not going to get into the is it fair use, isn't it fair use? No. It's just. No, it's we're not just, professors I, here. Mm-hmm. We're not Let's open that box. Anything like that? We're all very emotional about it. And we're sorry if any of this came off badly, but we're just hard to deal with. All right. Yeah. Word. Word. Let's talk about the books. Oh, oh I remember those. <laughs> Are you smarter than our John? No, we. Test your knowledge and be on a show-y. Dollish, dollish, now we're on the air. Are you really as smart as you claim? Are you smarter than our John? No, we. If you think so, you'll be on a show-y. J.K. Rowling's given all the clues. Now are you smarter than our big J? If we, if we <clears throat> call her, she's going to unlock a door. Well... <laughs> Hi, is this Laura Mora? Um, I think you have the wrong number. Uh, no, um, podcast. Surely this is not the wrong number. No, this is not her. Oh, you know it's a girl, though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This isn't a podcast, listener. Oh wait, this is podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is podcast. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I actually forgot that I sent that email. <laughs> so, uh, sorry. It's been a while. What'd she say? She forgot she sent the email. We're sorry. We didn't mean to be cruel. I'm sorry. Have, have you turned off have you turned off all your Potter knowledge in the meantime? Um Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm gonna win the shame. You can't let him win. <laughs> Don't let him win. Come on, be strong. <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to. Where are you from? <laughs> Um, New Jersey. Okay. Okay. So you get one question, one shot to find out if you are smarter than John Noe. I I, I have to type my answers, and then when I'm done, she gives her answers. Right. Right. Okay. Are we all? Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um, who was the caretaker before Filch was? Oh, love of Pete. (laughs) Don't don't say it yet. Don't Uh, don't say it out loud. John's got to type it. John's got to type it. Okay. Um. Oh jeez. Ha ha. Um how about uh close with close the thing. I don't have anything open. 
Don't let him cheat. Uh, Frank, he's still on the Don't let him. Thank you, Frack. Come on, John. All right, all right, Ormora, what do you think the answer is? Um, I honestly am stumped. I don't know. <gasps> well, oh, quite the hard stumped question. is better. Stumped is better than a wrong answer, which John gave, which is fulfilled a back shot. It's <laughs> <laughs> as good as any. You've <laughs> done a fine job. Very, very good. All right, Ormora, thank you very much for playing. Our Thanks for trying. Family. Your name sounds like it can unlock doors. <laughs> or like it's a constellation. Yes. She's like, she's like, see ya. Bye. 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 Next. Who did that? I, I, knew, I did, and then oh, Have you seen the latest Pellegrino video? Yes, it's insane. Yes. We need They're to put hysterical. it on the show somewhere. Four minutes time. Can we just say, we love you people. You're fabulous for doing this. I don't love you people. I'm waiting for my freaking Project Runway spoof, and there's like 800 Pellegrinos. No Project Runway spoof. I think we have to open up an L.A. P.O. box over here for everybody to send all the Pellegrinos to, so Frack will do a live-action version of it. Oh, I can't wait for all the for the for the mailman to throw the Pellegrino bottles at the door. <laughs> yeah, have them be so pleased. <laughs> okay, next. Who's this? Monique. Pellegrino time. I wonder if this is the Monique, the, the girl who made it was Monique. Oh, Her really? Monique. Oh, that'd be crazy. That'd be really. If this is really the girl who awesome. made it, that'd be crazy. Totally random. Can't answer right now, so leave a message. You want to see if Monique's voicemail is smarter than John Doe? Yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time to play. Are you smarter than John Noe? Are you smarter Yay. than John Noe? With Monique's voicemail. First question is. All right. Sue, what's the question for Monique's voicemail? Um, what did Professor Kettleburn teach? Mm, Professor Kettleburn. Okay, John, type it uh, in. I think mm. I know it. I think I know it. Da -da 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 -da. We're gonna go with. Oops. I'm gonna go with. All right. Okay, Monique. Monique, what's your response? Monique's voicemail. They're magical creatures. They're magical creatures. Oh, that sounded like that sounded like it sounded like uh, charms. Care of magical creatures is what. She, that's right. She said, oh, "Care of magical wow, creatures." Monique, high and, five. Yeah, for the win. Monique wins. And Monique. It's about to expire. Oh, give an attitude. <laughs> Calm down with the attitude, Monique. Monique. Oh, jeez. Monique's voicemail is smarter than Chad. Oh, oh. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Good work, Monique. Come on. <laughs> You were pwned by voicemail. I can't believe That's it, John. hilarious. Embarrassing. All these questions are John. impossible. I can't believe you didn't know that question. Come on. Oh, my God, John. Can I give you an easy one? Okay, I'll give you the easiest one of all. Is she calling you back? All right, this is, la this is the last one, right? Uh, almost, yeah. This, this is, is white. No, this, this is, is the last white. one, John. He's a California guy. You better answer. It's only 3.30. I'll give you a super easy one this time. You better get in. <laughs> okay. So Hello. 
And it's time again Hello. to play. Are you smarter than John Noe? Excuse Who's me, this? did you become the host suddenly, John? <laughs> John's been John's been playing contestant and host. Welcome, Sam. Oh my sorry. I can't really hear him at the show already. We can't do this. Sam, John wanted to call you to give you a second shot on Are You Smarter Than John Noe? But I, I'm sorry. I love you, but I have to override it because you were on it last time, and I think that's boring for our listeners. So I don't even get my chance to redeem myself? <laughs> I, I mean, it's fine, no. but I... No. Hey, where's Wampy at? We want to play with Wampy. Where's Wampy? Get Matt. Wait, really? Okay, Matt, come play. He won't let me play again, so it's all you. I didn't get the Are you smarter than John Noe? <laughs> Matt says he's not smarter than John Hi, Matt. I'm not excited about this. You're not excited Hi, about Matt. this. Hi, Matt. That bodes well. Hi. Happens. Here's what happens. We, here's what happens. We ask a question. John types us his answer. And when we tell you that it's okay, you give us your answer, and we'll tell you who's right. Is, is this, like, trivia? Because I'm horrible yeah. at trivia. I can tell you things. Oh, I can I can dial a friend. All right, cool. You can't. Okay. You can ask everybody in the room. I will ask the easy pie questions. Begin. All right, let's hear it. Um, All right, so what's the question? Who teased Moaning Myrtle about her glasses? Who? Like a hundred people. No, 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 there was one person that she ended up haunting. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, Come on, John, oh type God, it. it's in that song. Don't um, say it now. Yes, it is. That's why I gave it to you. Uh, it's like... Uh, John, write it down. What? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody... <laughs> All right, what's your answer? I didn't hear the question. Oh, for God's sake. Um, who, who teased Moaning Myrtle about her glasses? Who teases Moaning Myrtle about her spectacles? All right, what's the time limit here? Time's up. There's like a dozen Harry Potter fans over there. I know. I know. And just considering there's two people from the group that are there in relation to this. All right, three. The answer is Oz Hornby. Yes! Ding, 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 ding! John only got the last name, so you win. You are smarter than John Noah. I got it, too! (laughs) I knew it was No, it's not Alice! It's not Alice. It's Olive. Olive. Olive that's Olive. right. Olive. All like, oh, like I, I guess Alice too. We knew it was Alice. We were right. <laughs> no, oh. oh, you're smarter than me and Frankie. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, Matt, if I ever, ever, ever finish. Can we? Okay. Here, John, here's a bonus question for you to redeem yourself. Who plays? Okay. This will be the end. Who plays Moaning Myrtle in the movies, John? Oh, yeah. Um, right. Um, oh, I know. Yeah, she's really 35 years old. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Please, uh, please don't mess this up. Please. <laughs> sure. I want to say Francis. Sure. 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 No, no, right. Oh, Shirley Templeton. No, Shirley. <laughs> Shirley. It, is, it is Shirley Temple. You're right. Not. <laughs> yes, it's Shirley, Shirley Temple. Temple. <laughs> A real ghost plays her, so it was really authentic. Shirley Temple's ghost plays Morning Myrtle. Shirley Temple's still alive, isn't she? She's like an ambassador to like some. She's alive. I, I don't know. Shirley Temple's alive, isn't she? Is she like eighty-five? Yeah, she's she's ambassador to some country <laughs> for the United States. Okay, this is all interesting. But can we Shirley go on to the rest Temple. of the show? Yeah. Yes. Thank you, guys.
Welcome to Scribby 5, the five-minute podcast of the Leaky Cauldron's premier essay, Project Scribulus. I am Beth, or Looney Love on the Boards, and today I've got Linda or Mosaic with me. Hello. Well, uh, what's on the agenda today, Linda? As it turns out, Scribulus has some exciting news. Ooh, what is it? Starting with the next issue, the one that's coming out on April 1st, we're going to have a contest each month. Wow, that sounds like fun. So the essays in each issue can win awards? Exactly. It's going to be a lot of fun, I think, for both the writers and the editors. Sounds like it. So how is this thing going to work? Well, the only thing you have to do to enter the contest is to submit an essay. The same as always? Just according to the guidelines posted on Scribulus.com? Exactly. Just email it to scribulus at the-leaky-cauldron.org and you're in. Easy enough. What happens next? Well, just like usual, the essays will go through our editing process before publishing. Editing process. Check. Then what? Then the fun begins. Each month, there will be two categories for the contest. We have the people's choice and the editor's choice. Nice! So we editors get to pick our own favorite? Yep, and all of the Leaky Lounge gets to vote for their favorite in the Scribulous Forum for the People's Choice. Excellent. So, um, what are the criteria we should use to judge? Will they just be the same for both contests? Well, first and foremost, the Scribulous editors themselves are not allowed to enter the Editor's Choice Contest, because we write some essays a lot. So, even if we write essays, we can't pick it to win for the Editor's Choice. Well, I suppose if that's fair, but can we win the people's choice? (laughs) Absolutely. Don't worry. You can still win, Beth. Um, The only guideline we have to look for is a well-written, interesting essay that's fun to read and that makes you think. Awesome. So just to make sure that I have this straight, because I guess I'm going to be working on this too, to enter the contest, you simply send an essay into Scribblus, and if it's chosen for publication, you're in the contest. Exactly. And after it's published, the editors will vote on their favorite for the editor's choice. But we can't win that, right? Right. Okay. And then there'll be a vote on the Scribulous Forum to determine the People's Choice winner. You've got it. And that's the one we can win. Right. Great. So how long will the voting stay open on the forum for the People's Choice? One month. When the next issue comes out, we'll stop the vote. Do the essays have to pertain to the month's call to win? That is a very good question. They don't. Any essay is fair game for the contest. Nice. And the most important question. Yes. What do we win? (laughs) Bragging rights, of course, and a very cool avatar designed by the Leaky staff that you can show off on um, your forum posts. Mm, Well, I guess that's pretty cool. I was thinking cash or whatever. Hey, that's really cool. Well, yeah, avatars are pretty awesome, I'll admit. (laughs) I'm kind of broke. Fantastic. Only Scribblers could make an essay writing competition. That is true. Now, I've said that your essay doesn't have to be a response to the call to be in the contest, but just to give all you writers out there with a competitive streak like me some ideas, let's go over the calls, shall we? Sure thing. Coming up for May, we have Death, Sacrifice, and the Afterlife. Ooh, that's a heavy call. What else do we have coming up? We're also asking for essays about family dynamics, dark magic, and my personal favorite, Draco Malfoy. 
Ooh, the Malfoy clan in general would be a great essay. No kidding. I would love to see more essays about the Malfoys. Really interesting family dynamics there. And also, there are two more calls coming up that I think will be really great and inspire some awesome debates on the forum. Let me guess. Plot holes and how to fill them? Yes! I mean, come on, let's be honest. There are a few, and it would be really interesting to see essays about them. And my other favorite is Everything I Need to Know I Learned from Harry Potter. Oh, wow, that does sound like fun. I can think of a lot of things that I could write about for that. Uh, Me too. So everyone be thinking about these calls and get writing. This time it's for the gold. Uh, The Avatar. Well, I'm going to go start on an essay on Draco. I just can't get enough of that guy. Neither can I, and I bet my essay will get more votes than yours. Never! I will beat you. We're on. (laughs) Well, that's all we have time for today, guys. Remember to visit us and read our latest issue of great spoof essays at www.scribulous.com and get those essays in. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye! And now it's time for Canon Conundrums. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon. Who could possibly figure that out? It's time for Canon Conundrums. Dun, dun, dun. Minus Melissa, because we kicked her out. She apparated on out. Yeah. She'll be back, though, before the drums. That's right. Muchka was eating um, a dog from down the hall. <laughs> she was not. Yeah. Muchka <laughs> terrorizes... Small dogs. <laughs> Large dogs. Large dogs. Yes. She drags them down to the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> yes. There is. There is. She has a little garbage thing. I mean, down there it is. It's like Melissa has in her apartment. She has this like really kind of like kind of mysterious elevator because it always like hates us every time we go there. And you go down to take the garbage and it is like a Chamber of Secrets. It could be very spooky. And Melissa's going to be hearing this, and she'd be like, what are you talking about my garbage for? And to help the dogs that are being attacked, we need to get recruit an Auror, and so (gasps) we're going to... Dollish? We're going to get... No, not Dollish. Dollish and and Moody. Oh, Moody, yes. But but before we can send him out, we need to discuss um, what house he was in. Oh, beautiful. I like that. Okay, so... Well, let us canon conundrum about what house Mad Eye Moody was in. First, for the record, we don't actually know for sure, right? Correct. No. Is he someone who has been left unsorted? Correct. From my understanding. Um, I, I'm going to go out. I'm just going to say it right out at the top. I'm going to say that he was a Slytherin. A Slytherin. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And now, go, reason- why don't you expound? <laughs> okay, I will expound on that. Saying, okay, he now at first glance you would think, oh, he's a Gryffindor because he's fighting in the Order of the Phoenix, and that makes a lot of sense and very logical. But and he's certainly brave. You cannot dispel any doubts about him being a brave warrior. You cannot. But I think he's a Slytherin because he had to think like them to know his enemies. He understands mm. them so well and understands that murky kind of dark element that the yeah. Death Eaters think. And I think that he was a Slytherin. And he was like, I, you know, I mean, there's that pre, that, I don't know what you call it, like generalization that all Slytherins must be Death Eaters, must all be bad, that none of them can be brave. But we saw where Slughorn actually kind of came back in the end. So why couldn't Mad-Eye? Yeah. See, I like where you're going with this because, 
you know, there's a lot of things to consider because obviously lots of Aurors and lots of people who fight the Dark Wizards have to be able to think like them mm-hmm. to try to stay one step ahead. But Mada is almost paranoid. Yeah. yeah. Is paranoid. Yeah. With yeah. all of his, you know, faux glasses and everything else that he uses. Well, it's the difference, too, between him actually being able to hunt them down and attack them rather than someone jumping into the fray. Like, if there's an atta- something going down, of course, Aurors are going to jump in and, mm-hmm. like handle the situation but from my understanding he was big on actually hunting down and finding Voldemort's yeah. followers See, so like hardcore. and that's a good that like what you said about him actually understanding how they work that's a very valid point because like he had to understand the subtleties of their decisions and right. apply it to how mm-hmm. he would so I think I think that's a very good assessment you know, I mean, because that takes a lot of things. I mean, he had to go track those guys down and, like, look at his obsession with the Barty Crouches and the Crouches. You know, that whole thing was just really intense. And he had to think, you know, and, like, his malice towards Karkaroff was really intense. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just seems to me that he's just like, you betrayed, like, my house or something. I don't know. It just seems almost personal at times. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just was I think, like, wow. Do we know what um, house Barty was sorted into? Junior, the one that was impersonating Moody? Mm. Because oh, I think if, he, if he's gotta be a Slytherin, yeah, if, I think he, I would imagine he would have been a Slytherin. And the fact that, like, yeah, that's true. And the fact right. that, like, you know, for the a whole a whole year, the Moody we thought was Moody was actually someone else. Right. And the fact that it wasn't, it, he even fooled Dumbledore <clears throat> for that for as long as he did. Yeah, I think right. that you know he would since part of some of their their more basic natures as when it comes right. to his primitive stuff like you know the house sorting whatnot sure. right. is similar. It just kind of I think it's a good argument. Yeah, right. And, and he I'm was just so thinking in- about. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just thinking about how you know there's a lot of there's a lot of orders out there and a lot of people who have been <clears> fighting the Death Eaters, but not everybody has become as paranoid as him. Right. But if you. Th- but thinking about like where that might have had its roots, if he was, you know, in the Slytherin house and had views contrary to what might have been popular at at time he was in school of like you know the, the Death right. Eater mantra, then he probably you know would have been an outcast or at least not very popular in his house, and that could have been the genesis of a lot of his paranoia if if he was you know always you know watching his back for people. If he had made enemies in his house by not following the the party line. Right. See, that's why I thought, too, when he was, like, be under the influence of that, the fake, you know, the mm, fake inhabitant of Barty Crouch Jr., I just thought that maybe that when the, the apologies, and it was so ingrained like that, that Barty Crouch was picking up the real Mad-Eye in there, and that's why there was that war, that tension, you know? And I, 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 really, I, I think that that would be a good a good argument, because especially yeah. since he was under the Polyjuice potion for so long, I think right. that would be actually a nice little side effect of the polyjuice potion be like uh, a talk like how it can poison the impersonator with yeah. the person's essence that's interesting that's yeah. all they're kind of I mean because mm-hmm. I mean it was a full year right I mean that's, that just seems like an extensive a huge amount of time that can't be like well at least it was at least yeah. nine months if it wasn't yeah. a full year because right. it was from oh, right. the ruckus okay. remember with the right. and then to the end of the school year so it had yeah. to be at least like nine to ten months you know you think I, if you got a tattoo while you were polyjuiced that it would transfer to you once you're on polyjuice? Uh, no. Hmm. I don't think so either. No? Well, that's a good question. Would it be there when you polyjuice back? Because... Yeah, the, I think so. If you had it to begin with? No, if you were, say, already polyjuiced into Mad-Eye, went to the tattoo parlor, got a big butterfly on his back, and then... <laughs> polyjuiced back to Barty. Would he have the butterfly tattoo on his back as Barty? 
Or for that if, matter, when he, he repolyjuiced into Moody, into Moody again, would the butterfly tattoo still be there? The butterfly tattoo would go away then because you're looking like the person. Mm-hmm. And I think if it was there when he turned back, it would be stretched to be... Because yeah. like, his skin was stretched to look like Moody, so it would shrink or grow yeah. if it stayed. Okay. But I don't think it would because the whole po- the polyjuice potion deals with t- altering your physical aesthetics. Yeah. And so once, you, once those are marred, you would yeah. go back. You know, see, and I, I keep going back to you about like him because I, I thought, well, maybe he's a Ravenclaw because he's very smart in the sense that he, he has to study his enemies so carefully, you know. Mm-hmm. But well, let's go down. We can go down to the houses and okay. see what qualities they have. So, well, like Gryffindor. Gryffindor is a kind of it's an easy. Look sell. at the bravery there. Oh, to completely. Go out and fight while everybody else is terrified of right. Death Eaters to go out and look for them. Yeah. To yeah. go and on the, the offensive. And that's, it's very chivalrous. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, selfless. Completely. We don't know if he has any family no. or anybody else that he's fighting for specifically as much as it is just for a cause and for the benefit of the wizarding world. It's true. Hufflepuff, and, he's very loyal, yeah. and you can you can darn well toot and say he's very hardworking. You bet he yeah. is. You bet he is. Yeah, and but he's is, not a wuss. No. John, I swear. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to ignore that and move along. Because you, you know what? You what should stri- duel Cedric Diggory. You, you know what I thought about well, this about did, being a Hufflepuff? See, I'm ignoring him. The, the thing that makes that about a Hufflepuff is that I just him for you, sir. Thank you. Um, is that he is the keeper of the flame? I think he's the keeper of the old thing. He has that old photograph of the original order, and it just seems to me mm. he actually cared about. And he watched all those people. That he, I, I would think that he grew to care about these, this first, that oh, first I order, would, you know. And sure. so I don't know. I just found that was kind of like an interesting thing about when you think about it. Here's this man, this fierce warrior, this paranoid, crazy man that has things and hears things in his dustbins, is carrying his photograph well, around. Well, he was right to get all upset with all that because that's when he got kidnapped. <laughs> well, true. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what point. are you complaining about, Mad Eye? Yeah. Oh, silly Mad Eye! Like, oh, well. I was locked up in a box for nine months, <laughs> yeah, plucking hair out of my head every hour, but wait, whatever. But you wonder um, what spurred him. You were talking about the genesis of what, it, but you wonder what spurred him to become original Order of the Phoenix. You know, we don't know anything about his background. I mean, we just mm-hmm. know that he hates these. So maybe his family was killed or, I don't know, maybe someone he loved. He's I very much know. a soldier and very yes. much a warrior. Yeah. And so well, that would, like, I think him being Ravenclaw, the fact that he's being intelligent, but I think the fact, I think, uh, I, I equivalent, I think Slytherins are just, um, can be just intelligent as Ravenclaws. Yeah. And no. so I would. See, I don't, I think it's, I think you have to be careful with just attributing Ravenclaws to being intelligent. Because intelligence can carry out everywhere else. I think it's just a matter of the emphasis of importance you put into your studies. That's what right. separates the Ravenclaws. And, and like, look at Luna, though. Luna is a very abstract creative thinker. You know, and like, yeah. she, she is able to look at situations from a different angle. And, like, Moody, I think the fact that he does see things, like, he sees things from a certain skew, but he's looking at it pretty straightforward. And I think you would need to in that type of profession. It's kind of, it's more black and white. It's more like, stop doing this, you need to do that. And so I think him taking, you know, I don't know. Now, that's a very good point about Luna. It's a very excellent point. Very good observation that she just sees things differently. And, so and she's so one of the Ravenclaws we know more, the most intimately. Yeah. So. And see, yeah. I wonder about her, too, in that, you know, because she's not always talking about classes and things, and she's not particularly brainy, but I think what makes her Ravenclaw is that she has always had this thirst for knowledge, even if it's some of the most mm. crazy things. That's true. She's, she's just always interested in learning 
new things, even if most people would find them crazy. That's, That's, That's a good point. Mm-hmm. But okay, so, so oh, go ahead. No, go keep going. No, I was just going to say, well, if if he's a Slytherin, what is Dalish? Do we know what Dalish's house is? If we're talking Brewers, uh, uh, Dalish is a uh, say. I want to call him a Slytherin, but I don't want to. You're going to hate me, but I would think he's people... Hufflepuff. I think hell? he is too. No Thank you, Frack. He is. Yes, he is. Why, <laughs> Why not? Would you think that? Why wouldn't he be? Because he is. Is. Uh, uh. <laughs> Because he's awesome, <laughs> and he's a he's either a Gryffindor or a Slytherin. He's not a Ravenclaw. I don't see him as Gryffindor. Yeah, I don't either. He's a Gryffindor no. because the fact that he like the fact that he was able to. I know he was like confounded or whatever, but he tacked like you know Neville's my grandmother. A Gryffindor wouldn't do that. Yeah. You can you can confund us any Gryffindor to do any of those things. No, look at Harry. He wouldn't even jump well, up Harry under Harry is Imperius. the savior of those wizarding worlds. Look at any other Gryffindor. You can they take established that he wasn't that talented. Like, Harry oh, was, is, crap. he's pretty talented, but he's not, like, superior to, like, Voldemort. Voldemort destroyed himself. Yeah, but who's tried to put Confundus charms on Harry? Who's tried to take over his mind? Moody. Or Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah, well, still. I don't know. He's got Voldemort up in there, too. That's you can't true. look at Harry as a control for element for any experiment. I, I think that that anybody would be just as susceptible to those kind of mental capacitating charms. Was he was he confounded or was he just obeying orders? Who? Uh Dalish, Dalish? when he attacked Miss Long. He had all kinds of crap on him, but yeah. you know, I'm sure there was some Imperiuses thrown in there and confounded mm-hmm. charms and yeah, I, I'm inclined to believe he's a Hufflepuff. I mean Tonks wasn't you know, I mean she's not wasn't a wimp. Yeah, Tonks and, was Hufflepuff and she that's was right, or, you know. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think what once we get the ten pages about Dallas <laughs> and the encyclopedia, then we have them fleshed out a little more. Uh-huh. I mean, but I guess I have a little more to go from. Yeah. Back to Moody, we went. So we we talked about is that all four houses? Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I think I was going to say Gryffindor at first, just because of just I guess cliche reasons, just why some people would assume that like. Dolores Umbridge right. would be Slytherin for the cliche reasons, but I think her him being Slytherin is very astute observation. I like Mrs. Well, thank Upton. you. I I really I, I like just it. you know I mean because he is there is no I don't question his bravery at all. I mean just none at all. And, I, and I'm and I was well look at Snape. Oh he yes, was he brave. was. See, Miss that's why I asked Slytherin. Joe. I asked Joe mm-hmm. was Snape meant to be in in Gryffindor or in in. And Slytherin, because I thought he exhibited some extraordinary bravery and extraordinary dedication and loyalty in in his mission. I, uh, you know, and uh, so yeah, you just I guess yeah. you can't really make blanket observations on on but you know she said he was meant to be in mm-hmm. Slytherin, but I, I'm I'm going to stick with Moody being in Slytherin. That's I, don't know. I would gather that too, just because the fact that he was so effective as an Auror and finding the other Dark Wizards and whatnot. And not to say all the Dark Wizards were Slytherin, because obviously we know that some of them weren't, because Pete, look at Peter yeah. Pettigrew. Sure, sure. But the fact that, for the most part, if you're doing something, you know, surreptitiously against the law, you know, he understood the subtleties yeah. thereof. Hey, I want to ask you a random question about the, about okay. the houses. Frank and I were talking okay. in the car. And he made a cool point about how he observed that the house colors, for the most part, oh, for all parts really, are made up of one color and one metal. Okay. We have our red and gold, our green and silver, our blue and bronze, and then your yellow and uh, your, what did you say? I like said onyx pewter. or pewter. Yeah. Like a gun like metal? Like the earth. Okay. 
Earth in the light. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, can can we put any uh, merit behind making any comparisons to you know values of of these precious metals mm -hmm. or um, you know Olympic kind of uh, standings? <laughs> you think any of that was intentional? You know, or, I uh, can see where you're going you with think this. It's just a happy hey, coincidence. Can, uh... <laughs> going for the gold you mean like hufflepuff wins going for the gold okay i'll take that no you get the yeah yeah uh-huh and it was just a it's an interesting observation because i think in the first book um we know gryffindor wins the house yeah. cup or whatever but it's so they're gonna end up coming in second second I right so. i believe in the first book right and then ravenclaw no got wait the bronze yeah was in okay. third are we talking in the first book and then hufflepuff Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then Hufflepuff carried up the end there with fourth place. So, what's your point? It's just, it's just interesting because it's just kind of a coincidence then, I guess, that the colors, um, that the that the medals equivalent to uh, like a gold medal first place but kind of Griff thing. Gryffindor's red. If she wants to favor Gryffindor yeah, but house. Gryffindor's red, so why would that be like first place, you know? No, because they're, cause they're, they're red and gold. Well, I suppose you could apply that. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know that... Ravenclaw is the only light. Is the only one that doesn't have a light, a color on the street lights. <laughs> it's sad. It's true. Because he was green, red, and yellow. They have like, hospital what? signs. Hospital signs and ambulances. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it bummed me out. Too. I'm not bummed out That's at all because they were all I, I, I knew what you're trying to do here, bait and berate and belittle Hufflepuff, <laughs> and you know what? Uh, Oh. I don't, you know, it's not going to work. I don't, don't think Joe really thought about the Olympics when she was writing Harry Potter, but you know, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I think we can ask her that <laughs> next time when you ask her if she's doing porn too. You can just ask her another one of your useless questions. There. Oh, <laughs> what? We have a list. Okay. It's growing. <laughs> we should start prioritizing okay, that list. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that sounds like it's a beautiful 18 minutes worth of moody and assorted mm -hmm. topics. <laughs> I think so. I think we kind of all agree that he might have been well, Slytherin. I, so. well, I like it. I don't. I like Slytherin. I like it. I think so. I like it. That sounds okay, good to cool. me. Okay, cool. Alrighty. Tune yeah. in next week for more nonsense from podcast cool. peoples. Peoples. Let's wrap this sucker up. Move on to the drums. Brackets your first official part of the podcast quartet drum thing. Oh. Have we established the fact that I'm over here at Frankie's house? I think it's several times. <laughs> John Frankie Noe operated been... into Southern California. We were having fun. We had Chipotle yesterday. And then more Mexican food for dinner in the evening. That's another restaurant. And we had Italian sandwiches today. What? All we've done is eat. So <laughs> much. <laughs> Frack and John's fabulous food adventure. You That's know what keeps me happy is... Yeah. And food. Food. Full belly. <laughs> We're aware. It's good times. We watch Peter Pan. We, oh my god. The Peter Pan movie with Jason Isaac. Isn't it great? Is gorgeous. It that is. That is a stunning movie. He's so good. I'm my so hero. late on this because I have not seen the whole thing before. What movie? Today. What movie? What no. Movie? What movie? I missed that. Peter Pan, the, the live action Peter Pan with Jason Isaac. It's beautiful. Oh. oh, I love that movie. That's Michael Goldenberg. That's the it's, guy who wrote the fifth movie. He's so good. Isn't that's right, Michael Goldenberg? See, that's why I, he's such a great screenwriter. Oh, like he is. I love him. He did, uh, I'm telling you. Oh, but the, the look of that movie and all that everything is gorgeous. Just the the fact that he gorgeous. adapted it so well from the original text. Yeah. 
Yes, he did. Oh, well done. Anyway. In the and spirit. Jason. And the Jason music. Was, oh, and Jason. Yeah. Jason was amazing. And Jason. And, and Jason. And Jason. Jason. Who's hotter, Lucius or Hook? Lucius or who? Sue. Oh, you know what? Hook sports that velvet thing, but I, you know, in my head sometimes Lucius puts I, in my in my fantasies. Lucius can sport velvet. It's the blonde hair. I, I like Mr. Darling. Yeah, he I looks like kind of cute. Or is it Mr. Darling? Or do you like the more straight lace? You do. I bet you do. I like Mrs. Darling. She's darling. I liked him in the Patriot when he shot that kid. What? I haven't seen the Patriot yet. Oh, spoiler! He looks so, so beautiful, and that he has his hair in a ribbon, but a- it's it's long, and then it's not blonde, but it's dark, and oh, and he's got his shirt open. Oh, all right, I'll be good. <laughs> so, have you seen Friends with Money? I have. I have. I have all of Jason's thing. He's so good. Yeah, I heard. I heard that um, there was problems on the set recently of the set of Twilight. And Robert Pattinson wasn't cutting anymore. They okay, said that John. they wanted to do you older for some reason. So they brought Jason on, onto the cast. And, um... Oh, my God. You know, it, it's been smooth sailing ever since, I guess. I bet. He could bite me. Never mind. Okay. Oh! <laughs> hey, oh, y'all what? set that up. I walked right into it. I mean, come on. He's a vampire. He's a vampire. Oh, it's a very He's painful a thing. He's a vampire. He's dazzled. Now, I have read those books now because Edward, my Edward, not the Edward, but Edward Drogos gave me those, all three of those books, and I, I like, read them back to back, and they're just perfection. <laughs> Our real live Edward <laughs> yes. gave me those books. Am I the only one that read them? they're pretty similar characters. Well, no. Both Edwards? Well, no. no. Edward's a lot, our Edward is a lot better than Edward he, Cullen. I'm sorry. He's not a creature of the dead. Our Edward. I, I prefer our Edward, too. Our Edward is a flesh and blood living person who would never kill a human being. So there. That's right. I don't know. That word's right. pretty hardcore. It's pretty HC. Look, those books are, you read them so fast. But I love it. I love it. You know, Edward is being played by the Hufflepuff great. I just think it's fabulous. Yeah. I mean, Let he me is you, dazzling. I, I picked up the first Twilight book on my way to the airport for the set visit, right? Yeah. The set visit is 36. You are there and back in like 48 hours. Yeah. On the, I started reading the third one on the way home, and I was done two hours into the flight. I'm telling you, I've never read books so fast in my life. Quick read. I need to read them. I hear they're good. Yeah. They're page turners. Right on it. I mean, they're not nearly as like detailed and stuff like Joe's World, but I just thought it was really interesting. I really liked. It. I liked it when they went to. It is. Is it as good as Avatar? No. Yeah, that is an amazing. I show. love Avatar. My son is really into it. But... Never heard of that. Jason Isaac is the voice yes, of one of the characters. Is. Seriously? He got killed in the first season. Oh, but you're, you get points yeah, for the win, Frack. I tell you, bringing up these Jason references. No, damn. <laughs> my favorite Very Jason, good. My favorite Jason ever is West Wing. Oh, is, and when he's calling the, the photographer, photojournalist. Is who? This hot photographer. Movie scary. Movie. But he has a thing with Donna. <laughs> which, you know, Donna Blum and Josh just saying. Sue, we are evenly matched now. We have two guys here. I know. I We're even. Woo. <laughs> Finally. Blah, blah. I beat well, all I of you guys I because I own Jason, Jason Isaacs on Facebook. <sighs> he just bought him, I saw. Yeah. What is that buying people thing? Does anybody else, I remember, Melissa, you brought this up a month or two ago where you can buy people. No, I didn't. You know who brought this up to me? Alex brought this up to me on my Facebook. Oh. He said to me, apparently I can buy you on on. Yeah, there's this Facebook. There's this Facebook application. Loads of you uh, podcast listeners have Facebook. And you can buy 
What? By your friends on Facebook. It's pretty obnoxious. John just bought me. I bought, no. bought my first pet today. <laughs> <laughs> I bought Frankie as my pet, which is hilarious how, what they're called. I bought him for eight. Have any of us been bought? I bought him for $800. <laughs> and, um, price. Uh, so I decided a little uh, impromptu podcast contest. Whoever, by the next um, episode, owns as many podcasters as possible, especially me. Oh, man, John. Whoever owns us right, at recording time will win a podcast prize. A Patronus. A Patronus. <laughs> not, I love it. We... Not just a Patronus, <laughs> but uh, a awesome, See, I, I... awesome prize. Uh-oh. Dot, dot, dot. An awesome, by. ambiguous surprise. Dun, dun, dun. I don't get it. I haven't been... If I've been if I've been put on a market, I haven't been notified about it. Is this like Facebook's a slave trade? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening Thank here? you, Melissa. It is. It is. You're not ordered no, to do anything. No, it's not a slave trade. You it's just... The more you're bought, the more you're worth. So... Yeah. It just seems... It's kind of the opposite. It's perpetuating John's value. John's just trying to increase... His and all. I am. Worth. I am inflating our worth so I can have more money, so I can buy everybody in the world, <gasps> starting with the schnooks. John, <laughs> it sounds like you're just doing bad things, doing the p word. The with p them. word. I don't like this. You know the what? What's the p word? Playing. Imping. Oh, pimping. I'm like. No. I don't know what that means. Only, only us. I, I just. No, I mean, no wonder you're in favor of enslaved house elves. I just find this whole. <laughs> no. thing John has bought every house elf he can get his hands on to. I haven't bought anybody yet. Um, no. You just bought Frack. Hey, I bought Frack. Frack is a person. He is not a pet. I would just like to. <laughs> Thank you, Sue. It's <laughs> about time someone stood up for me. <laughs> oh, stop! Stop confusing the issue. If I'm you so own, scared. if you own the Pottercasters by next recording night, you will win an awesome prize. Do not forget about oh, it. I can be determined. You know, I, I had missed you, John, but not not so much. Oh, <laughs> you don't want what strong words? Oh. <laughs> John's crying. I can see tears. <laughs> yeah, he's crying. Them crocodile tears. Yeah. Don't fool me. I know. Oh, All right. crocodile ate hook. Crocodile ate hook. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh hey, God. editors! I'm making an on, an on-air demand to the editors. Play the Dumbledore song. What's the Dumbledore song? It is the song that I mentioned last week, where it's from the Dumbledore, April 4th and April 4th. <laughs> What's his name? Albus and April 4th Dumbledore as rappers. And it goes, Order of the Phoenix, let me hear you say, What's up, Dumbledore? What's up, Dumbledore? It's so great. And we have it, um, they gave us permission to play it on the show. So, Oh, sweet. Play it, play it, play that funky music. Do it. I want to hear it right after we hear the, Where is Frack? Where's Frank? Where is Frank? Where is Frank? Where is Frank? Where is Frank? Time. Frank. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> the most brilliant filk I've ever heard. Where is Frank? This is a Where Frankie is Pellegrino song. Where is Frank? I'm dancing. Where is Frank? Where is Frank? Stay tuned for Pop details on the time. L.A. Pottercast P.O. Box to send your Pellegrinos. No. <laughs> you know, it's just you know what? Because Someone should start a group for you now, Frack. <laughs> Don't say that, Frack Sue. and the Pellegrinos. Do I it. I it's out there already. No. Can't you have like a Facebook cause and people can actually <laughs> oh, donate no. to it and we can have like a Pellegrino fund? Let's not do that, please. No, I'm... <laughs> I'm, I can afford my dollar fifty no, I bottles just, of Pellegrino. I just want to see a whole case of them in your living room. Don't do it out there. Don't do it out there. The free stuff's fine. The what? The free stuff is fine. 
We're not going to do a donation drive for Pellegrino. No. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Melissa. I'm the only one no that's offense, amused Frank, by such things. No offense, Frank. You know I love you. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I, don't know I am offended. I don't know what other causes in the world are of more importance than the Pellegrino Fund. I mean, I, I'll get on the phone with Andrew Slack after this and see what he thinks. But Yes, I'm sure it'll be the next know, cause of Harry Alliance. Buy Frack Pellegrino. Save Tuck Yeah, that, that'll be the next big thing. And then thing. buy Frack Pellegrino. Number right up there on the list. Yeah. It's pretty much, you know. Yeah. You're, you're issues facing the world today. First, you want to sell people, and and then you want to con people out of their bottles of water, and you Chipotle drive from last year. I mean, good grief! I didn't create the program, all right. Oh, that's true. Hey, I haven't had Chipotle card. No, we just went to Chipotle <laughs> yesterday. We're gonna go again a few more times this week. I do declare. Okay. I do declare. Do you know what I want to? Do they sell Pellegrino at, at Chipotle's? Don't. No. But there's a Starbucks down the street that I can go buy my Pellegrino for when I want to drink. Do you know where I want to go, Frack? Real bad. Where do you want to go? Golden Spoon. <gasps> Golden Spoon. Oh. Remember Golden Spoon? Oh, I love Golden Spoon. When we had our fuzzy hair day with all briny seawater drying hair, <laughs> me and Tasha. And I put your sunglasses on. And then we went to get sold in the school by my around. house, and we saw the Patronus. Remember the Patronus? The glowing deer. Huh? Mm. It was a joke. Never mind. The silver dough? Yeah. He, he, wow. he likes vanilla with granola topping. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Fascinating. I would have thought he wouldn't like mint or something. All right, guys. I'm getting mad. I have to, I have to yeah. go. I have to go. There are people with uh, Wompy in them. I got to go to the show. Wompy? Oh, I Wompy. love that kid. How many snooks are going to be there? Go to like eight of them or something. There's only five snooks. I don't know what that means. Well, all eight. What is a there. snook? Snook. All eight of it, the five snooks. That. All eight of the five. It's snooks. that intense. Dude, it's, it's a mystery. They it's just, that intense. I would start googling if I were you guys. Is when you want to go to a wizard rock show, but you have to record podcast. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Not that I don't love you guys, but I'm late. I'm so late. <laughs> I'm late. I'm late. Okay, okay. Very important date. No time to waste. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. Okay. Sorry, that was a little long. Wait a second. I don't know if okay, it's time so- to keep twiddling those dials. Oh, shoot. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Melissa had stopped, didn't uh, she? No, I didn't. No, no, no. Until next time, guys. Keep twiddling them dials. The next password will be... Tear it up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting that. I love it. No fear. No fear. You can't do those before. Okay, uh, keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night. We've missed it. W3. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. This week's Pottercast was produced by the Pottercast Trio and Steve Bonnet. Thanks to our Scooby 5 team, Aaron and Nina, and thanks, as always, to our awesome transcription elves for transcribing this and all our other episodes on Pottercast.com. For more information about the show and how to contact us and be a part of future episodes, visit Pottercast.com. Ew, there's something to kill your culture.